Welcome to episode 61 of the Travel and Adventure Photography School podcast. As always, I'm your host, Robert Massey. Thank you so much for listening today, and I'm just stoked that you're taking some time to improve your photography. This podcast is part of the educational arm of my photography business, Robert Massey Photography. We focus on crafting beautiful images in the great outdoors. Now, we sell a variety of prints of mountains, lakes, Calgary, and pretty much everything from beyond. So check out all those photos available on robertmasseyphotography.ca and maybe add a beautiful piece of art to your home. All right, now let's get on with the show. I spend a lot of time in the mountains. It's just where I go when I want to be in the outdoors. So naturally, as I talk about landscape photography, I turn a lot to the mountains. It's my happy place. But recently, I got called out by a listener who was asking some questions about landscape photography not related to the mountains. I honestly had not realized how often I reference the mountains and waterfalls and everything else in them when I talk about shooting landscapes. And if you live in a place where it's not very mountainous, that can seem a little bit unrelatable to the way that you need to shoot. So I decided to do this episode where the tips are all about shooting in places that aren't necessarily mountainous landscapes. And while they work for being in the mountains and around waterfalls and everything else, they are intended for those less mountainous areas. Now, thankfully, Calgary's had a remarkable confluence of natural elements. With foothills and mountains to the west, prairies in every other direction, badlands just an hour away, and even a desert about six hours from us, you can kind of get everything except the ocean from this city. This means I've been lucky enough to be out there creating in all sorts of conditions on all kinds of landscapes. One thing to note as we get going here, all the landscape tips I talk about in the mountains apply to flat landscapes as well, and everything I talk about here can apply to nearly every other setting. Really, landscape photography is pretty interchangeable with compositional elements and pieces that you add to add interest and all that kind of stuff. And with that being said, let's get into these tips. All right, tip number one, use the sky. Saskatchewan, the province beside Alberta, has been coined the land of the living sky for a reason. The sky changes and moves and almost feels to be breathing when it changes. There can be big dramatic storm fronts, amazing pink and orange sunsets, and clouds that look like something out of Super Mario Bros. And it changes frequently and often. It is quite spectacular the way that a prairie sky changes. Now that same kind of sky can be had on the prairies in Alberta and honestly in lots of places all over the world. People just don't tend to look for it. Instead of avoiding extensive open areas in your hunt for landscape photos or trying to find the perfect tiny detail in the ground, look up. Don't be afraid to use the sky as your subject. Big open areas can sometimes make it difficult to spot a subject. When there are mountains, trees, and other significant objects in an area, it can be a bit easier to spot a subject for your image. But when the landscape is primarily flat, finding a subject can be really hard. We're often taught to look for other things in an image, to look for that tree or building or whatever to make the image happen. But honestly, the sky can be one of your greatest resources. If you find the clouds amazing, create a composition with them. Watch them move and form new shapes and use the other parts of your composition to complement the clouds rather than making the clouds complement the rest of your composition. So make the clouds your main subject or honestly, whatever part of the sky you find amazing. All right, tip number two, look for the small things in the extensive landscapes. On the totally other end of the advice spectrum from tip number one, look for those tiny details in the landscape around you. 
This is great if the sky isn't really offering up anything or if you've already taken lots of sky shots. Look towards the ground and find interesting things down there. This can honestly make you look a bit crazy as you wander around staring down at your feet and not at everything else around you, but you can find some really cool stuff this way. In particular, I always love beautiful flowers or little patterns in rocks. So you can shoot these details directly using them as foreground subjects in a larger composition or get right up close and personal and shoot some macro. Honestly, there is no wrong way to show off these details because there are so many options with these types of subjects. Honestly, my favorite is using them as foreground subjects in longer exposures where you make the clouds drag out or you make a river drag out or anything like that. Just make sure you are looking for them and that you don't walk into anything as you're doing it. So look up occasionally to be aware of your surroundings. All right, tip number three, look for that lone subject. A tree standing by itself in a field or an abandoned building about to topple over, anything that is standing by itself on an open landscape can make a great subject. Big landscapes are typically the only place you're going to find lone subjects standing by themselves. These can be really easy to spot from a distance, but composing them correctly can be challenging. If at all possible, walk around the scene. Don't just get there and start shooting, but explore a bit, look around, and shoot by hand to see if a composition will work or not before you put the sticks down and commit to some longer work. And don't just explore up close to the subject either. Walk back and look at the subject, then walk up closer again, then walk back and walk all the way around in a big circle far away from it. Just move to all sorts of varying distances and heights to find interesting compositions. Now, one really, 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 really important thing to note here, don't walk onto private property. Many old buildings are on private property, so don't just climb over a fence and step onto the land. That is particularly true if you are shooting in rural settings. There's lots of farmland out there that you should not be walking onto. You can do quite a bit of damage to crops, you can scare livestock, you just are trespassing on land and that's not the right thing to do. So if you really want that photo or you really want to get up closer to a building or something, find out who owns the property and have a conversation with them. Get their permission to be there. And who knows, you might find yourself a new client, new friend, new somebody who has some great idea of something else hidden further back on their property that you can't see from the road. Getting to know people is one of the greatest ways to find unique and different compositions. All right, tip number four, try to get up high. This can be harder on a flat landscape, but get high points to see patterns on the ground and change your perspective. And you may have to get creative to do this. I've climbed trees to be able to get up higher on a subject, found the one hill in an area, got on top of a building, just anything you can think of to get an elevated perspective. This lets you look back down on the scene and see patterns that we can't see when we're standing in midst of it. I'm sure we have all looked back down from the top of a tall building and noticed that there was a pattern in the ground in a square or something like that. They were like, oh, that's cool that that's right there. Nature does the same things. There's all sorts of really amazing patterns that we can't see because we are standing in and amongst them. If you own one, a drone can be a fantastic way to shoot these kind of unique patterns and to shoot in big empty landscapes. Now, drone photography is not something I have any experience with, so I have no advice on actually shooting with a drone. But I do know they are a great way to provide angles that no one gets to see. Now, make sure you follow all rules, regulations, and laws around flying drones in the area you are in. This will mean that, should you plan on using a drone, you'll want to look up the rules beforehand to make sure you don't get yourself a big ticket. 
or to make sure that you don't get there and realize you can't use the piece of equipment you were going to rely on. Great, going on to tip number five, go to the rivers. If you find yourself in a big landscape, head towards the river. This is for several reasons. Rivers make for a significant compositional element to lead your viewer through the frame. They add a ton of visual interest, especially if you can do some long exposure photography to make the water silky smooth. They make a great subject. They can cause amazing reflections. And perhaps best of all, the wildlife and vegetation around rivers can be incredible, giving you a lot more options for what to include in your frame. Especially when you're in a desert setting or a really dry setting, wildlife and vegetation all gravitate towards the water sources. So you can get some amazing pieces while you're there. Basically, rivers are one of the best things you can have on large landscapes. As always, be aware of the animals that are in and around rivers. In Canada, you don't really have a ton to worry about. You might run into the occasional large predator, but more than likely you're going to run into deer, moose, things like that, which you still have to be aware of, but not necessarily as scary. But I know in other parts of the world, you need to be very aware of the animals that live in the water. When my wife and I were down in Zambia, we had lots of warning about, hey, don't go near this area. There are crocodiles, hippos, things like that that might pop up out of the water towards you and you really don't want that to happen. So just be aware of what is living in the water. And our last tip for the episode, tip number six, look for the layers. Flat landscapes aren't nearly as flat as they usually appear. Most landscapes have some rolls in them and some extra layers you don't see without really paying attention. One of the best ways to show these off visually is to use a telephoto lens. Wide angles won't show these layers much, but a telephoto, where you can zoom in and compress the layers together, will emphasize how they look. This will take quite a lot of exploration to find suitable layers, but it is totally worthwhile. Again, one of the best ways to see layers is to find the high point in the area that you're in and then be able to look back and see how they've created each other, or to find the lowest point and look up towards the layers. And especially when a landscape looks flat, those high points and low points have very little variation between them, so you get a really gradual compression of the layers. Layers can also mean layers in rock and layers in dirt and things like that. So if you're in somewhere like the Badlands, where you can actually go down into a valley and see the layers of dirt that have been built up through centuries, those layers are amazing and they add great pieces of interest to an image. So explore, look around, and try and find those layers. And if you can, use a telephoto to compress them. And that's it. There are six tips to help you find great images on flat landscapes. Of course, these work in any terrain, but they are particularly powerful with flat landscapes. Now, if you have anything you want to learn about, send me a message. This episode came about entirely because I got called out for focusing so much on one type of landscape. And I love the chance to teach something that somebody is really curious about. So thank you for that. I'm so happy I was able to do this episode. So if you've got something you want to learn about, get a hold of me on Instagram at Robert Massey Photography. And while you're at it, you can go and find the show notes for this episode at robertmasseyphotography.ca. Now get out there and create some fabulous images. Let's adventure. Bye for now.